the DI Guys podcast was created to share the best ideas, strategies, and concepts so you can have conversations to help you exponentially grow your DI sales. While they may have lost their hair, they have not lost their minds. Here are the DI Guys, Chris Carlson and Mike Cogdo. Hi, this is Chris Carlson, and welcome to this episode of the DI Guys podcast. I'm here with my co-host and good friend, Mike Coggle. Mike, what's going on in Denver? Chris, good morning. Uh, not a lot. I always like to talk about what the day's like. I think we're going to have a record temperature today of 96 degrees, which in June in the high plains of Colorado makes fire danger a little bit high, but hopefully, you know what, we'll get some moisture. And most people complain about rain, but we could actually use a little bit. But summer has started, and we're just figuring out what to do with our children because of camps and everything being basically shut down, starting to reopen slowly. But that doesn't help your children. It's hard to schedule a week in advance when you want to go to a swimming pool. <laughs> it really is. So that's kind of what I'm figuring out for the summer. But other than that, things are good. How about you in the Pacific Northwest? Yeah, we uh, are, are in that phase this week. It's gonna the weather's gonna gonna turn, and so we are definitely grateful for the sun coming out in the Seattle area. So you spent some time in the free zone this past week, or are you not going to the free zone? <laughs> I'm gonna get my visa, so I'm allowed in. Awesome, that's good to hear. So everybody out there in the free zone, enjoy. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, Mike. One of the things that came up on our recent DI summit. A couple of the speakers who are, one's an actuary, one who does a lot of work with actuarial type of studies to help carriers bring a product to market, both mentioned that in the recent past, they bought an individual disability insurance policy on a guaranteed renewable chassis. And I'd like to talk about kind of GR versus non-CAN in today's episode, if that's okay. Absolutely. So, Mike, I, I just got want to kind of set the background for our listeners is, you know, you and I started in this business in the 1980s and, you know, non-CAN, you know, was the preeminent platform that all the carriers had, obviously, where premiums can't go up and the coverage can't be canceled. And, and then what happened over the years is in the blue collar marketplace, it was more on a GR chassis where obviously that it's a fixed premium, but a carrier could change the rates by class, by state. So you and I grew up in the non-CAN environment. And over the years, I, I think maybe over the last eight, nine, ten years, there's been some carriers who do a great job in the white-collar market started saying, you know what, we're going to have a GR chassis, and then you can add non-CAN. And then a lot of producers started promoting guaranteed renewable to their white-collar clients to help them save 15 to 20% on their premium. Now, I think for the most part, most people who are writing doctors and attorneys and highly compensated executives are still selling non-CAN, but we are seeing more sales of GR. So that's kind of the the setting that I want to, to put and just get your opinion. What are your thoughts regarding when you got a couple of people reach out to you, almost like, how can anybody talk about GR like that on the summit? What's going through your mind when you hear those comments? Well, First and foremost, you know probably what's going through my mind. I don't care what it looks like as long as you sell it. There's been this ongoing conversation for years about the world of non-CAM and GR. And let's just have a, not a banter, but a back and forth 
on the positives and the negatives. And what I would say is one thing that I learned about GR when I was with my previous carrier, and this was from about what I, who I, whom I consider a very, very smart actuary, is to build a GR platform. Let's just use that as an example. If your carrier doesn't have one, the cost associated with building, it's a different kind of claims reserve from what I've been told. It's a different kind of everything. So that cost in and of itself is significant. So if you don't, if you're not ready to do that, from what I've been told, it can be, it can be expensive. Two is the claim doesn't change. So there's always been this question on what's the real number with, with guaranteed renewable versus non-can. And if it's 15 and you only have a thousand dollar premium, which when I worked for a previous carrier from Illinois Mutual, I sold an awful lot of the non-can at Illinois Mutual because the average policy was, Chris was, I'll give you an example. It was a thousand dollars a year max. So for a thousand one hundred and fifty, I could sell non-can and make that happen, and tell them and use the old adage. You know, if your health insurance was guaranteed to never go up when you bought it at twenty-five and you're now fifty, would you be happy? And the answer is always yes. Well, that's what this does. So there's the hard sale for non-can right there in a single sentence. If it was guaranteed forever, almost every insurance we know, Chris, is not guaranteed. The premium's not guaranteed forever. Of course, there's some whole lives and some other things. But they're not. That being said, GR, you get somebody 48 years old, you suddenly are 50 years old or any age and go, you know, the rates typically never change and it's probably not going to change for you. And it's a $6,000 premium or a seven or an $8,000 premium. Let's make it 8,000. 15% of 8,000, I think you would agree, is a much different number in somebody's perception than the $150 on the $1,000 premium. So I, I hope that makes a little bit of sense because there's there there is a for and against. And um, why don't you just tell me what you think? Because I think you can go both ways. I'm not overly concerned again about what people buy as long as they buy. So what are your thoughts? You know, Mike, it reminds me of the when a client asks a, an agent, you know, what type of life insurance policy should I buy? And the agent says, Well, tell me when you're gonna die and I'll tell you the policy to buy. And that kind of gets to the term versus the, you know, the, the permanent type of deal. And I would agree with you is the larger the premium, the more impact that 15% has. So again, you and I grew up in the non-can world. And basically for my entire career, that's what I had to sell. You know, I wasn't representing the carrier that had the, the GR alternative. And certainly when you were with Illinois Mutual, you had that opportunity. So a lot of times, you know, the carrier reps or, you know, they're going to sell what they have, which obviously that's what they have to do. Here to me is the, the, the biggest concern about if you sell a professional, a GR contract. And that is if somebody comes in behind you, if you have not fully explained why you're recommending GR versus non-can, you could lose that case because somebody will just preach, 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 preach non-can and how bad GR is. So you have to really have that conversation with your client. I agree. That's you and I call that an opinion, fair. Yep. <laughs> and everybody's entitled to one. I mean, you and I, I can put on any hat you want, honest to gosh. And that doesn't mean that I'm nilly nilly, for lack of a better term. I just can put on either hat. Give you an example. If I'm doing a uh, 25 life law firm, just make it easy, and it could be employer pay. Make it even easier. It is employer pay. And I'm getting every lawyer $7,000 a month. And the average group, let's break the group into three components. Under 40, 40 to 50, and the last group is 50 to 60. And the premium is 
fairly large, let's say all in, that's $40,000. Now, Chris, we're talking about what? Almost a $5,000 a year difference in premium, maybe six for a guaranteed renewable product. That's over the life of that particular program and say it makes it 10 years, you're talking 50, 60 K. I may do GR, even though they're a lawyer. That's that I want to explain to, to, to my customer, whomever that may be, exactly what it is. And we had P. Desker on last week and he talked about this. As long as people understand what they're getting, it's okay to sell it. There's a conviction about owning the product versus what does it look like? If you can live with it, at the end of the day, it may go up in price. Then that's fine. I'll ask you, could you live with it? Especially knowing the fact that it's only happened, you know, once or twice in since we've been in the business. It's not like long-term care where it's just going crazy. There have been a couple of isolated incidences where a carrier has raised it by class in a particular state. I know one instance was in California, which should not be surprising. But everywhere else, it's remained level because going back to your actuarial friend, they price the product with the intention that they would not have to raise the premium. But, of course, they have the caveat that they can. And you and I both know without, again, going into state regs, because that's not our area of expertise, although I think we have a fairly decent understanding of how it works, you still have to show a loss ratio more significant than what was anticipated. In other words, there's a lot of hoops to jump through to raise the rates. Would you say that is also a fair statement? Absolutely. You know, Mike, I, I can think of an example where maybe this would have been an issue. Pretend, you remember back in the day, Mike, when we first started, and not, not too long after that, there was a huge problem in Florida and California with claims, right? Imagine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was out of control, as a matter of fact. At least what you and I were told, it was out of control. So imagine, though, that those all those doctors, which a lot of the problems came from, had a guaranteed renewable product. I would argue that we, we probably would have seen some rate increases based upon that unique period of time. But since they were all non-can, it was, it was not an issue. And again, that's kind of a crazy example, but I think it might be something that would be realistic in today's world. But again, the carrier, the overwhelming majority of products are sold on a non-can chassis. And yeah. I think a lot of that is because of the training and the, and the experience that a lot of the marketing people Brokers, general agents, and agents who sell a lot of DI, they grew up in the non-CAM world, so that's what they are predisposed to selling. And I, I'm, but I'm, I see younger BGAs and younger producers who get pushback on premium be more willing to explore GR in the professional white collar market. I couldn't agree more. And here's what's interesting. You said there probably would have been a rate change had it been GR. I think that you and I could go on record and say that absolutely, because we know some of the loss ratios that happened back in the day, right? So there absolutely would have been a significant rate change, probably more than once in a couple of different states. I tell people, though, I, you know, I'm an analogy guy. When I played basketball, which I was average at best, Chris, but I did, I, I did at least get to play the JUCO level and do things like that. I shot a jump shot at the very top of my jump was where I released the shot. So my shot came mostly from my legs. Does that make sense? Right? Yep. So my jump shot came mostly from my legs. The ball was basically way above my head before I shot the ball. And the release was way, way at the very end of everything, the pinnacle of my jump. 
Now there's a person that probably plays a little better than I do named Curry, right? Fair? Just a little bit better. Just a little bit better. Do you ever watch the way the man shoots the basketball? It's not at the top. It starts in the middle of his chest. He, he can launch it farther, and he doesn't jump through the roof to do it, and it's just one big motion from a little bit what I what I now call farther down because I watch this stuff, and I've now got a daughter that's sort of interested in the game. And it's like, you know what? That guy probably not a ton stronger than you or I, but he can shoot from a lot farther away because of the way he shoots the ball. And, of course, the release is so much quicker. I just look at that as GR or non-can. Times change. There's still a valid jump shot in the world. We'll call that the non-can. But I got to tell you, the GR has legs too, and it works. So does it really matter at the end of the day? No. I think it's traditionally selling, and you're correct, traditionally selling a blue-collar occupation GR and you have to sell a white collar, have to sell a white collar non-can, I think it's better to say here's the two or here's two different choices. Somebody's going to look and say, this is the same company. Why are the premiums different? It doesn't take more than 40 seconds to explain. This is guaranteed until you retire. This one's guaranteed. This premium, this $196 a month is guaranteed until you retire. This 156 is not guaranteed until – you're retired, but here's what it looks like for it to change. And say, it would have to be all doctors. It would have to be this. And you can explain how guaranteed renewable can change in price and some of the parts that have to move for it to happen. And then don't you think, just let the customer make a decision. Again, it goes back to what you just said, along with what Peter said in a previous episode. As long as you're having a conversation with your client, you can help them you know, make a decision. And Mike, I want to go back to something you said. I thought you gave a great example of the attorney firm. And one of the arguments against GR in that scenario would be is, wait a minute, your group LTD has the ability to raise your premiums. Why would you buy this additional DI and have it also be susceptible to, to premium increases? That would be an argument that the traditional producer would make in selling GR over and above a group LTD in a white collar scenario. Our, our purpose today is not to say that one is better than the other, but just for everybody who's listening to be cognizant, there are alternatives and people buy differently. And if you truly are a DI expert, you can have the conversation. And Mike, here's what I know. You talk about you could sell either one. I know that if you went and talked to a client and you had the opportunity to sell one versus the other, and I said, Mike, make sure he buys non-can, you would spin the argument, if you will, is you would make the argument, would probably be a better way to say it, have him buy non-can. If I, if my challenge was, Mike, make sure you walk out of there with a GR sale, you would make the argument that GI, GR is a better situation. So it really is, it's in the mindset of the producer who is then going to explain it to his or her client. And the overwhelming majority of the time, they're going to say yes to your recommendation. It's interesting, and you just hit the nail on the head, and thank you for saying that. It's your recommendation. I had the privilege of working for Illinois Mutual way back in the day for a few years. We had both. The majority of what Illinois Mutual was selling at the time, and they probably still to the day was guaranteed renewable. I had just come out of a non-can world, as you well know. Um, I was with Provident Life and Exit. I only knew one thing, non-cancelable guaranteed continual. Boom, 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 over and over. Chris, I got to the point where I decided that I was the subject matter expert, and I oftentimes decided for the producer, for his or her client, what might be best for them based on the situation 
that they gave me. And it was funny how some producers gravitated towards GR and I didn't change their mind. Others were suddenly writing positions with Illinois Mutual, not a blue collar middle of the road, as people always say, you know, middle America product. And it was a good product. And I sold non-tan because it was easier, Chris, to say on a $3,000 premium, it's only because that's about what we would do even on a big policy back then. For, for $3,000 and 15% of $3,000, approximately 15, wasn't enough money to affect the person one day. I said, you're, this premium is guaranteed forever. Just guaranteed forever. You know what that particular person says, I'm keeping, I'll take this guarantee. The other one would look at me as I like, would phrase it, you know what, I'm on, I understand insurance in a different way. I'll take the promise. It's not, you can't cancel this, right? That's what I always got with guaranteed renewable, Chris. Can you cancel this policy? No. You still own it. It just could be subject to a premium increase sometime between now and the time the policy ends. Oh, well, I'll do that. I'll take my chances. So that's kind of where, where you end it. So we both agree. As long as you have the conversation, I don't care how you make the presentation. You've got to become the subject matter expert. And sometimes it is imperative that you decide what's best for a person. It just is because they know, you know way more about it than they do. Yeah, my, my, my closing comments on this is I, it was very interesting that the two speakers who bought the GR, both of them bought GR in their fifties, having previously bought non-can in their thirties and early forties. So I think that, you know, if, if there's kind of a, a line, uh, and I don't think it's a hard line in the sand, but I think you can make a fairly compelling argument that if you're in your fifties and you plan to work to 65, GR is probably a pretty good bet, but certainly if you're in your, your, your late twenties, early thirties, mid thirties, like a lot of these physicians who are coming into their practice out of medical school, I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to buy non-CAM because you got 30, in some cases, 40 years of volatility. So I think it makes a lot of sense for, for those people to buy non-CAM. So that's kind of, you know, maybe is my litmus test is, you know, how, how old are you first and then once you have the discussion, if somebody's adamant that they want to save 15%, then okay, well, at least they got the coverage, which is the important thing. That The thing that we miss out on in this argument, Mike, is that if we don't sell them the product, who cares if it's non-CAN or GR because they don't have the product? Correct. Before you see premium, and we've talked about this numerous times, before you see premium, that client needs to be shaking their head the right direction, and that's up and down. Yes, I understand what, what the issue is and what the problem is, and then we can worry about how much it's cost after we fully understand the problem. Before you ask, I will tell. Yeah, Chris, I do own non-CAN. I bought it when I was 27 years old. Didn't need it. My first boss, which was also your first boss, Marcinac, Rick, made me buy it, and I did, and I've had it ever since. If you ask me today, Mike, you're 60, you've got little kids, and I needed to increase my coverage and buy a new policy because my future purchase options are gone. Chris, what do you think I would buy now if I had to add 3000 to my monthly benefit to make sure my family was good to 67? You're going to buy a GR contract. There we go. So <laughs> I'm your perfect storm. Age 20, at age 27, without choice, I bought non-can and would have never got rid of it, never did get rid of it my entire career. Still own it to this day. Fast forward now with seven years to go as a two age 67 product I would be looking at, I would buy GR for me. Yeah, you know, and Mike, if I can kind of sum up our conversation, the reality is, is there's not one right answer. There's only an answer based upon the circumstances that you're discussing with your client. And then the two of you have to make the right decision to protect his or her income going forward.
absolutely. Chris, with that, I'd like to thank you again for giving me the time this morning for you and I to have this conversation. And I hope the rest of your week is sunny and fantastic. Likewise, Mike. Great conversation. Great. Thank you.